0: What's going on Dolphins fans Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins today is Tuesday October 18th we're putting a bow on week six getting ready to move forward to week seven we're going to be talking about reviewing the film from Miami's third consecutive loss 24-16 to the Minnesota Vikings
1: you are locked on Dolphins your daily Miami Dolphins podcast part of the locked on podcast
2: network your team every day
0: What's going on Dolphins fans, Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, the most comfortable shorts, pants, and sweatpants with built-in liners. Go to birddogs.com and use promo code On, and boom, a free Bird Dogs rope hat with your pair of Bird Dogs. I'm a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, Kyle Krabs, your host here on the show. And we did watch the tape of the Dolphins' Week Six contest against the Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens, the other team in purple, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, 24-16
1: loss. And I'm going to talk to the fan base here a little bit. First of all, I'm going to get myself recentered a little bit. I'm going to talk to you guys because I
0: love to win and hate to lose, right? And the last month, as a Dolphins fan, amidst the entire discussion around concussions and concussion protocol and the Dolphins' integrity being called into question, and the three games that you've lost in a row, in which in crunch time in the fourth quarter, you had an opportunity to take the lead in all three of these games and you lost every single one. It's been a rough month. And I think everybody can recognize that. You know what I hate the most? No, a side of losing the games. It's not the Jets fans after six weeks that feel compelled to, to send mocking tweets or it's, it's not the uh, uncertainty of another year of, is this going to work out or is this not going to work out? Is this going to be quote unquote, same old dolphins? It's, the toxicity that very quickly manifests uh, from this fan base on a lot of the communities that I have really grown to enjoy being a part of throughout the course of the last couple of years of doing this podcast, but it's not just that. It's not that it's just toxicity. It's, it's there's a lot of people angry at the wrong stuff. Like I can break down this game and, and everybody who played in everything. And I can tell you that Robert Hunt played his worst game of the season. And I can tell you that Greg Little uh, is beyond a replacement level player at this point. I can tell you that whatever experiment we're doing with Tanner Connor, and I understand we're short on tight ends, needs to not be happening anymore. Um, I have my notes over here. I can tell you uh, that the execution of the offense – Oh, for, for all 450 yards that the Dolphins had, if you took the penalties away, they probably have another 125. And there were several reads and plays to be made versus not made from the quarterback position with your revolving door of quarterbacks that uh, if you had somebody in to execute based on the talent that is available around the rest of the roster, uh, you could have had probably another 150.
1: And the fact that the Dolphins gave this game away. I mean, we could, we could talk about all those things. And I could
0: tell you stuff to be mad about. And I could tell you that Lee Meichenberg continues to struggle. I don't care what his pro football focus grade was. I have a lot of respect for the information that they collect. And I think they, they certainly have a lot of value. But that was a game grade that came back that I did not agree with in, in the assessment of. We could go back to calling for Michael Dieter to be benched, making these changes, trading for William Jackson or anybody to play corner, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff in the midst of reacting to the game.
1: But like, there, there's there's a lot of Dolphins fans who want to be
0: angry, but you. Quite frankly, don't know who you're supposed to be angry with.
1: So then you direct your anger to the wrong people. And I don't, I had deleted Twitter off my phone yesterday. Because the notifications coming in, people wailing on Jalen Waddle. Dolphins fans. Oh, this was a play. Dolphins. Sc- Chris Greer screwed up at six and drafted Jalen Waddle with the trade. You could have got him late. What are we doing? Genuinely, what are we doing? And the whole, oh, Chris Greer
0: didn't ad- properly address the offensive line. He signed Toronto Armstead, who's been phenomenal when he's healthy. And you knew that he probably wasn't going to play a full season. Austin Jackson's been on IR since week one as a starting tackle. Say what you will about his ceiling. Certainly wasn't enthusiastic about him in the summertime and in the preseason, but you know what? He's a heck of a whole lot
1: better than what you have right now in Greg Little. And you know who did play well? Brandon Shell Played really well. So if you're missing one tackle and not two, I'd say, okay, just play Shell and not Greg Little and let's move on with our lives. And you'd probably be fine. Talk about the offensive line again. Well, the the coaching staff completely abandoned the run
0: in a one-score game in the second half for like the third straight week. They did have some movement early in the game. And look, I get it. You want to run your offense through your best players. I respect that. But then you turn on the tape and you see all the missed opportunities in the passing game, where the right read is or is not made, and you just kind of you just kind of chuckle. Say, yeah, they, we're playing with backup quarterbacks. Again, this isn't an excuse. I don't need to m- mean to come on here and make this as an excuse. The Dolphins gave them the game. The Dolphins should have won the game, but they
1: lost, and they deserve to lose because of how they played. Very few people in the NFL have a script for
0: the injuries that the Dolphins are dealing with, but the NFL doesn't, like, nobody cares. Outside of this fan
1: base, nobody cares. It's the unfortunate reality. We said it at the start of the season. Every team is going to endure attrition. Hopefully, this was the take your lumps final stretch
0: and then we can get back to work. Because if that is indeed the case, No, we we will be better for the struggles we endured early in the season because the players who ideally are serving in depth roles can use that experience
1: to apply in situations later in the season. But that only works if you get healthy. And I hate hopping on
0: here and sounding preachy or or getting on a soapbox and, and pounding the table. But like, Man, you guys don't have to be angry at everybody for everything. And there's a lot of Dolphins fans that, based on their, their interactions in the Dolphins community
1: online, which is my biggest connection to the Dolphins fan community aside of the podcast, because I don't live in South Florida.
0: And I just, I just delete it. Can't read it. I can't sit here and read people get mad at Jalen Phillips again because he has two sacks. On the season. Phillips is top 20 in pressures in the NFL right now for pass rushers off the outside.
1: Do we need to go look up what Najee Harris is doing these days since that's the player that everybody else wanted to pick? Because I'll tell you right now. Yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Let's
0: familiarize ourselves with old Najee Harris since we're going to be playing Najee Harris uh, this weekend. Uh, When the Steelers come to town on Sunday night. Dolphins playing on Sunday night football for the first time in five years. Uh, Najee Harris for the year. A solid
1: 3.2 yards per carry. A solid 3.4 yards per touch.
0: On 98 touches. 98 touches for 335 yards. That's the guy everybody was pounding the table for instead of Jalen Phillips, now the new thing is, oh, well, they should have traded up from 18 to go get Micah Parsons instead. Okay.
1: Come on, guys. We all know it takes two to tango in every trade. It's like, oh, Landon Dickerson playing well for the
0: Eagles. The Dolphins should have traded up to get him. Well, there were three picks in front of the Dolphins when they picked. One of those teams already traded out, so that the Broncos could go up and get Javante Williams. Were you gonna strong, Were you gonna go to the Jaguars or the Jets facility and physically twist the arm of the GM to make them trade? Like this whole hindsight twenty twenty go back and hyper criticize every maneuver the Dolphins made. Guys, they came away with the pick with Javon Holland. What are we mad about? And in the same sense that we're mad that. We're mad, quote-unquote, that Jalen Phillips has two picks or two interceptions. I'm sitting here waiting for somebody to, to bring up Javon Holland, lack of production because he has to play deep safety and cover for none of the corners that are healthy and available for the Dolphins and say that Javon Holland's overrated. I'm
1: waiting for somebody to say it. Please don't. Please don't be the person that does that because I will put you on blast. Everything fits together, and in the midst of the Dolphins'
0: self-inflicted wounds, bad tendencies that they're, we're hoping they will feel their way through as far as game management and balance, personnel issues that we are currently dealing with, the pieces of the puzzle are not fitting together the way that they're supposed to, and if you're looking at it, you say, yeah, it's,
1: it's, not, it's not working. Of course it's not working. Like half of your highest paid players aren't playing right now. I don't know how to fix it other than get healthy. And we are
0: perceivably looking at that opportunity with your starting quarterback coming back, both your tackles coming back. I am a little leery that we're going to just lean into the no thing this week and not make a move for a corner because we have another week until the trade deadline. Um, we'll talk about that too, but, but, Before we go any further, before we go any further, it is time to talk to you guys about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Oh, my goodness. For all of the discomfort that I had reading social media on Monday that prompted me to delete Twitter off my phone, Bird Dogs, the the new joggers that they have, are the most comfortable pants. I'm not a pants guy, period. The most comfortable pants I've ever put on. They're super comfortable like that little Charmin bear rubbing between your thighs. No chafing in these things. Bird dog pants are perfect for fall golf. You might not play like Tiger, but you'll feel just as good as Tiger. Bird dog joggers are higher quality than Lululemon and $20 less. So what are you talking about here? Go buy some bird dogs. So here's the deal. Uh, bird dogs, go to birddogs.com, enter promo code Locked On. They'll throw in a free bird dogs rope hat. That's birddogs.com, promo code Locked On, and boom, free rope hat with your name on it, with your pair of bird dogs, the most comfortable shorts, pants, and sweatpants with built-in liners. You will not take these things off, I promise you. And I will or will not confirm this is a waste-up podcast, uh, what we are rocking in the lower half because it might be bird dogs for the fourth straight day. I won't tell. Gentleman doesn't kiss and tell. These days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager in your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and free. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you are hiring with simple tools like screening questions. LinkedIn makes it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills for you and your position. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's
1: LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As I said, I, I genuinely hate getting on here and feeling as though I am preachy or telling people how to fan. And we have a large sample size left to assess as far as what the dolphins are
0: and what the dolphins are not. Now, we get to the end of the year, and we look back on what the dolphin season was, and we determined that complacency or or inaction were uh, problematic and fed into whatever missed opportunities and Falling short of expectations that the Dolphins endured, you know what? We'll have that conversation when we get there. But right now, I think there are very logical things that can explain why things the last couple of weeks have not been what we all aspired and hoped that they would be. And I don't know that it should necessarily be a surprise that the Dolphins struggled in the midst of their current situation.
1: The challenge is to stem the tide. I know I've mentioned uh, in the past couple of of weeks that
0: the Buffalo Bills last year were seven and six at one point and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the year that they won the Super Bowl in 2020 were seven and five I have one
1: more one more number for you from a team record perspective and it is the 2021 San Francisco 49ers we all know this team quite well We were actively rooting against this team last year because the Dolphins owned their draft pick. Miami got real excited about this time last year because on October
0: 24th, the 2021 San Francisco 49ers were two and four.
1: On November 7th, they were three and five. On December 5th, they were 6-6. Six and six. They played in the NFC Championship game.
0: And I'm not saying that that's still on the table for the Dolphins. I would settle for a playoff berth and a playoff win.
1: And if you get that, you have met expectations for this season. But they were 6-6. Six and, six, and Then they beat the Bengals in overtime. They beat the Falcons by
0: 18 points. They lost to the Tennessee Titans to fall to eight and seven. Does that sound familiar? Because the Tennessee Titans then went on the following week in Tennessee and beat the Miami Dolphins to push the Dolphins to eight and eight. And they beat the Texans and then they beat the
1: Rams in overtime. I don't think, I don't think we have to talk about the Miami Dolphins and their current situation being three and three. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, bye week, Houston, at San Francisco, at LA Chargers, at Buffalo Bills,
0: home against Green Bay Packers, at New England Patriots, home against New York Jets, you're three and three. If you go seven and four of the final 11, you're 10 and seven, you probably have a playoff berth because I'm just looking across the AFC landscape. Chargers, Juan last night went to four and two. The Broncos, though, were largely considered to be a playoff contender with the
1: defense that they had. And now Russell Wilson, their weapons are two and four. They're terribly coached. Okay. So keep it in perspective. And if we get to the end of the year and the Dolphins are
0: seven and 10, yeah, I'm going to be pissed too. I promise you, I will be. But let's get there first, right? In the meantime, let's talk about some of the performers from this game that you should and should not be angry with. Uh, Mike Gusecki comfortably, in my opinion, played his best game of the season. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that it came against a a defense in Minnesota that
1: likes to play a lot of zone. You could really get him up the seam, and you saw some of those seam rips that they had. Tyreek Hill, an elite football player. In every sense of the word, look beyond his receiving
0: production. Everything that Tyreek Hill does is elite. He has been as advertised for the Miami Dolphins. I think that's a huge testament uh, to Tyreek Hill's capabilities, what he can do. And moving forward, the conversation for the Dolphins offense is going to be, if it's executed properly, you're going to have a lot of yards. And I understand it'll come back to protection, and oh well, you're going to have to protect. There's ways that you can mitigate that beyond just deep set passing. And I don't particularly think the strengths of either Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson fall in line with Tua. Tua's to, to skill set is a little bit more unique than I think we probably gave him credit for, or a lot of us gave him credit for. I know there's been a lot of avid and staunch Tua Tonga Valoa defenders. Um. But seeing Tua through the first three weeks in this offense versus seeing what the same offensive infrastructure and architecture looks like with Bridgewater and Thompson, Tua's skill set as far as ball handling, as far as release timing, accuracy over the middle of the field, those are big-time variables that I think created a bigger divide in what the offense can be with Tua versus Bridgewater and Thompson.
1: And um, I think that's a good thing, big picture-wise, for the Dolphins. I know some of the people that are on
0: social media this week talk about how the Dolphins screwed up by drafting Jalen Waddling, how Chris Greer needs to be fired, and this, that, and the other thing, and didn't fix the offensive line, or Probably a lot of those guys probably already have their minds made up about two a tongue of a low, but that's why I preach sample size, right? Three-game sample size here, three-game sample size there. For the first three weeks of the season, the Dolphins are the best team in the NFL, according to us, the Dolphins fan base. And now they're terrible and everybody deserves to be fired except for McDaniel, even though the guy who hired McDaniel is the guy who everybody automatically wants to point to and, and create blame for. Brandon Schell, I I think, is a development that we can really point to with some enthusiasm. Now, it's a one-game sample size, and I understand he did play against the Jets, and he did not play particularly well in protection against the Jets. But you put him back at right tackle, which is his natural spot, versus he played left tackle against the Jets because the coaching staff didn't want to move too many pieces around at the same time.
1: Keep this man at right tackle. And he actually looked pretty good. And listen, Brandon, Brandon Shell I mean, he was a, he's been a six-year
0: starter in the NFL. This is his first year not as a primary starter. That's not true his rookie season in
1: 2016. But he's played at least 550 snaps every other year in the NFL. He's been fine. Is he an ideal, physical and athletic fit for the offense? No. But the left side of the line, a.k.a. Liam Eikenberg and Greg Little, from a protection standpoint, is why you lost the game. And I don't know how much longer the Liam Eikenberg, I don't know how you continue to stay patient with this.
0: And patience, patience with Liam, patience with the health of the corner situation, those are big concerns for me right now, from both a coaching and
1: roster perspective. If we just, oh, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. Okay. Um, I'm
0: hopeful that it won't, the answer won't just be stay the course and we can make some personnel changes because you have all this depth. Whether it's Robert Jones or whether
1: it's Michael Dieter. I, I know some people are back on the snaps thing. I'm not particularly concerned about the snaps.
0: You got a lot bigger issues and fish to fry than Connor Williams putting a ball
1: ten inches too high up above the the face mask of the quarterback. Especially when the quarterback continues to change. The height, the depth, the lean, your landmark changes with different quarterbacks. So, um,
0: Brandon Shell is was a good, good performer for the Dolphins on Sunday against the Vikings. And hopefully that can that can continue to grow. I continue to have a lot of respect for Raheem Mostert and, and all of the things that he does in this offense. Um when he gets in the open field and he can open his stride, it looks really good. Uh I thought he played really well again in pass pro that's an element to him that I didn't expect and I know a lot of people don't care about because running backs are are only meant to, to touch the ball uh, Hunter Long without Durham Smythe played a little over 20 snaps it started bad I thought he settled in pretty good though I thought he got better as the game went on and hopefully that can be a building block for Hunter Long in the midst of all of the questions that we have Look at the Dolphins roster. You're going to look at a couple offensive line spots, probably right tackle is a question mark, and left guard is a definite need moving forward. And then I think you'll look at tight end. And you're going to have to invest heavy there this offseason, and then you're going to have to invest heavy in in defensive backs. If you're going to be a coverage over pass rush team and you need the coverage to be able to align a certain way to make sure your pass rush gets home, you need a lot. You need a lot deeper group. But at the same time, Trill Williams got hurt. The Dolphins signed McKenzie Alexander. McKenzie Alexander was here for a week and then he got hurt and his season ended. And Byron Jones, his injury recovery has taken like three X long as it was supposed to. And now Caterco, who has an oblique injury that pops up
1: midweek, and he misses the game. And now Nick Needham has a torn Achilles. And he's out for the year. There's no secondary in the world that's going to have adequate depth to deal with all of that. But you're going to have
0: to go out this offseason. But like, you're not going to find a lot unless you trade. You're not going to find street free agents sitting around that are going to come in and play man-to-man coverage. Those guys are all on
1: teams because there's not enough of them to go around, as is. It's not as easy as, oh, we'll go sign a guy. Prize picks,
0: fantasy sports daily done right. You Pick two to five players if they go for more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 extra money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. Anything that you can dream of, they have it. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy with safe and fast withdrawals. It is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to PrizePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. You put in $100, they're going to give you $100. You put in $50, they're going to give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match of
2: up to $100. And free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: I am uh, in the midst of fighting the sickness of 0-3 in the last three weeks. Uh, I don't know what this latest one is that my daughter brought home from preschool, but we are fighting some demons over here in the Crabs household this week.
1: (laughs) Defensively, for the Dolphins, get my notes up. I thought the front played pretty good. Uh, Xavier Howard had a lot of
0: really, really good reps, and he had like three uh, that he got rubbed. And I don't know what the Dolphins, it seemed like a lot of it came when the the Vikings went with their bunch stuff and they had success rubbing. We got to get on the same page there, and you got to get your corners off the same level. And if that frees up,
1: Crossers over the middle of the field, which is usually how that works, then let's find a different way to accommodate that. Uh, Because the big
0: catch and run, two of Justin Jefferson's big catch and runs came on bunch sets. Uh, Tip of the cap to Noah Igbenogany came in and had a rough first play, but he played 31 total snaps. And I thought he handled Adam Thielen well. And I think if you want the recipe, For how to position Noah for success. I think some of the softer safety shells behind you will help. But find lesser athletes. Adam Thielen at this chapter in his career is not a dynamic athlete. And if you lean into that and those are the kind of players that you put
1: Noah on. I think you can make do. Now the challenge against Pittsburgh. This upcoming week. So you got George Pickens. You got Deontay Johnson. You got Chase Clay. I guess we're putting him on Chase Claypool.
0: But that's a guy that can go up and get the ball above the rim. And ball skills are not Noah's strength. So that's a little scary. Um, Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, I thought played really, really well. I thought this was Emmanuel Agba's best showing of the season thus far. Um, And then Jalen Phillips, and this was one of the reasons why we got on the soapbox at the top of the show. Oh, Jalen, no wasted first-round pick. Jalen stinks. Jalen's over here. Jalen had six
1: pressures, a sack, three hurries, and there's a whole other discussion to be had about um, pressure versus sacks and the value of each. Um, And we'll get into that
0: at a later time and date because I really don't want to open up that can of worms right now.
1: But um, I think Justin Bethel's probably
0: in position to play slot for the Dolphins. And he played limited.
1: Uh, he only played about 15 snaps of defensive reps. He played well. So I'd expect you'll see Justin Bethel.
0: You might get Keon Crosson. I know Keon Crossan's kind of banged up right now himself. X, Noah, Bethel is probably your top three corners this week.
1: Unless the Dolphins make a move today. We'll see what they do. But uh, I actually thought the front
0: seven played very well uh, in its entirety, including Rayquan getting the sack and showcasing that reduced weight. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of one-on-ones to be had. I, I hope Trey Flowers is okay. Uh, he only played the one, the one snap but he had a pressure on that play. and, he
1: um, he has the the potential to be a really nice chess piece for you. But, Dolphins are three and three. We're back at square one. You have an eleven week season, twelve week season with a bye.
0: That's the thought process. Just know the Dolphins right now are tied for the last playoff spot. They are a game out of the five seed. I think you could probably forget about the Bills. The Bills just beat the Chiefs. They're five and one. They're gonna keep running away with it. Uh, but that was the expectation was that the Bills would win the division and you as the dolphins are probably looking at a wild card. I'm totally fine with where we're at right now. I have some personnel decisions that I hope they don't sit on their hands on and let's see what they come up. With. Fins up, keep it locked in right here. On locked out dolphins, your team every day. That's going to do it. Uh, no more talking about the Vikings. We are just, we're on to Pittsburgh and Sunday night. Things up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks for checking out the show.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of
0: reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast.